You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here talking all things Texas A&M, and are you not entertained? Is every little thing about Jimbo Fisher that he's done wrong the past two years kind of in the backseat? Is all of that over? Because of if you still are not buying into it, you are actually part of the problem. Because Texas A&M certainly showed on Saturday night why Jimbo Fisher is the guy to lead this team moving forward. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, let me know what you like, and I will definitely bring it up in conversation. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So again, everything about Texas A&M, Saturday night, it went their way. It really did. And it didn't take, it took a minute. Took the very first drive. Again, they went four plays, right out. Next drive, touchdown. And they had to do a punt again. That touchdown. Turnover on downs, unfortunately. Touchdown. Second half. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Game over. It was a phenomenal defensive performance from Mike Elko's squad. But offensively, it was great. It was exactly what you wanted to see. If you ever had doubts in Kellen Mond, if you ever had doubts on the offense, if you ever had doubts on what the team could do when given the space, they proved you wrong. Kellen Mond, 16-26, 224 yards, four touchdown passes. Haynes King came in for one play, one. He already has a touchdown as an Aggie. One for one with uh, 42 yards. That play went to Max right in the fourth quarter. Defensively, what a game. Sincerely, another great name by Leon O'Neal. Great in coverage, great as a tackler, great as his ability to continue to make plays all across the field, kind of playing that rover role. Keldrick Carper, great in deep coverage. Great interception. Pressure, fantastic. Yeah, they only had two and a half sacks on the day. But guess what? They consistently pressured. DeMarvin Leal, Buddy Brown. I believe it was also Aaron Hansford, actually, this game had some, had some pretty big plays. I think he had a sack. What more do you want? This was the game. We're talking about the last two games and how AM has played. AM should have won against Arkansas 42 to 17. They sh- they won this game 48 to 3 over South Carolina. Their offense in the last two weeks, 90 points. They've allowed a total of 30 th- of uh 38 defensively. And really Part of that defense was also the second team unit. So you could say they really only allowed 20. 90 to 20? This is what what people were complaining about. 
that Jimbo Fisher did not know how to win in the big games. All right, that's fair. Colin Hill, 66 passing yards, two interceptions. You had to go back to Ryan Helensky, who I believe was actually always supposed to be the good, the best player. Third down efficiency. Again, nobody mentions how much I talk about this, how important third down efficiency is. You're 75%. You were 75% on third down efficiency. 50% on fourth down efficiency. Yeah, beat them by first downs. 26 to 6. Total yards. 630 to 150. Passing. They had 100 passing yards. Two interceptions. You killed them in the rushing game. 530 total yards of offense for Texas A&M. 150. For South Carolina. South Carolina lost in the possessional game. It was all AM. They didn't come anywhere close. AM in possessions alone had the ball 75% of the time and they ran it down their throats. It wasn't just a good game for Kellen Mon. Isaiah Spiller, 18 rushes. 131 yards, averaged 7.3 yards per carry. Devon O'Shane, guy I've been mentioning so many times. Another touchdown. Five yards per carry. Anaya Smith, limited in this game. He was. You know who wasn't limited in this game? O'Shane. He led the team in receiving yards with 70. He had two touchdowns on the day. Isaiah Spiller had a good game. 46, 46 receiving yards. Anaya Smith, he had a touchdown. You have so many key players on this offense that can help you win. Not only win, but win extensively. These aren't just games where, okay, I, I get it. I understand. You know, hey, things happen. We got to just continue to move the ball. No, you're, you're winning big. You're setting a tone going into the final four games of the year. You're sitting at five and one. We'll talk about where they sit in the AP rankings and how this can affect them moving forward. But you're sitting at 5-1 and one right now. This is the highest you have been in Jimbo Fisher's era. This already was. You, you were in the top 10. You were. This is the highest you've been since Jimbo Fisher's gotten there. You were playing good football. Football that's allowing voters to see. Oh, Cincinnati's playing who? And AM did, did this? Yeah. Oh, Florida beat who? And who is still ranked ahead of them because of they have a win? This is what I'm talking about. This is the quality type of football you want to see in College Station. You want to be a powerhouse. You want to be a team that looks the part of a contender. Wins against Florida. Dominational wins against South Carolina. Big time victories over a team in Arkansas who won this weekend. They won. Yeah. They have three wins on the year now. And one is against the opponent who Texas A&M faces this upcoming weekend. They were expected to go 0-10. 1-9. 
The lucky few said, oh, maybe they'd beat Missouri and we'll throw a toss-up game for, I don't know, let's just say for all fun and chuckles of Ole Miss. Mississippi State. We'll, we'll just give you that one. Besides that, you're getting one win. They're on pace right now to at least finish 5-5. Five and Because five. I think that they will definitely beat Missouri and I think they will definitely compete against LSU. They have three wins on the year right now. They're three and three. So that's an even better win for AM. Florida got one of the biggest wins of Dan Mullen's career on Saturday. And they lost to AM. That's a huge win for AM in the record books, in the coaches' polls, in the Coswell playoff rankings. And Alabama, they play the way they are. They're the number one team in the country. So your one loss. The way that you look at the schedule moving forward, which is games against uh, Tennessee, it's games against Ole Miss, it's games against LSU, and it's games against Auburn. Auburn struggled. LSU has immensely struggled, and they're going to face off against Alabama this weekend. Tennessee just lost to Arkansas, and Ole Miss is a toss-up. You finish 9-1, and and your one loss comes in Week 2, when you lose everyone, to the team that will finish 10-0. You don't think voters are going to look at that when it comes down to what looks to be now Florida and Alabama playing in the SEC championship? You don't think voters are going to look at that and go, Alabama's undefeated. They both beat Florida and A&M sitting at this spot. Why do we not give them the credit that they deserve? Maybe we should be considering them for the college football playoff. And that is because of coaching. And that is because of Jimbo Fisher. I have crapped on Jimbo Fisher multiple times on this show. Multiple times on the show. I am not crapping on him today. He has turned this program into what it is now, which is something dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Guys, in case you didn't know, there's always days in life where we always feel like we're on. And what I mean by on is we never hit that off switch. So whether you feel like you just need a moment to chill or a moment to relax, sometimes the best way by doing so is either playing a video game, doing a podcast, or drinking a nice cold beer. That's why I recommend when you do drink that beer, get one that's literally made to chill. And that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there still are plenty of teams and sports on television that give you an excuse to chill and drink a beer. And with Minimich College football teams playing this year, Coors Light wants you to know that there's still plenty of reasons to sit back, relax, and drink an ice-cold beer. Because Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Literally made to chill by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. I know when I am having a rough day, I just want to come home, relax, and drink a beer. And I know that because of the ice blue mountains found on the beer bottle, it shows me that my beer is going to be as cold as the Rocky Mountains. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit your reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at getgotcoorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. You love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams. If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, 
and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football week each and every week. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I mentioned this earlier on in the show that A&M has moved up in the rankings from number seven. Where are they? Let's break it down. Number one is Alabama. Everyone knows it's Alabama. They did not play this week. They have a bye. They're going into face off against LSU in the game in November that everyone always talks about. LSU struggling this year definitely puts a little damper on, I think, the momentum that goes along with this game. But if the Tigers play well, maybe this could be an upset that is in favor of the Aggies when they face off against LSU in three weeks from now. Number two is Notre Dame. Why is Notre Dame number two? I am glad you brought that up. For anyone who did not stay up late to watch what was only going to be caused by controversy because of everything going on in the world today, Notre Dame hosted the likes of the Clemson Tigers in South Bend, Indiana, and got the victory in double overtime, 46-43 if I'm not mistaken. Big time play by DJ Ugalale to try to keep his team undefeated. Instead, it was quality play. It was solid work by the likes of this Notre Dame defense that overall played very well in the last closing minutes to make sure this game stayed in their favor. At the very beginning of the game, they actually looked really great, but right in the middle, they struggled immensely. But they're now at number two after beating the former number one team. Ohio State comes in at number three. Now, once again, Ohio State is 3-0. They're dominating. They are showing every single person in the country right now why even though they are going to have a lesser schedule than Alabama, than Notre Dame, than A&M, than Florida, than Cincinnati, than Miami, they are a top three team. And they've done that week in and week out. Now, while Rutgers did have an overall better second half, Justin Fields is the truth when it comes to being a quarterback. And imagine what would happen if Georgia were to keep him this past year instead of going with Jake Fromm. Maybe, just maybe, Georgia is already in place to win a national title. Number four is Clemson, who will get Trevor Lawrence back, which is a big-time get for the program as Dabo Sweeney's squad cannot lose another game this year. They want to make it back to the postseason for, I believe it would be now, the sixth straight year, which is amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Alabama did it six straight years. People still talk about it how last year when they didn't, the world almost went upside down. They need to continue to play well to get this win. Number five is Texas A&M, moving up from the likes of number seven. Big time win by the Aggies, big time win for the program, big time win overall for a team that is starting to show the rest of the SEC, and say the Texas and college football as a whole, we are here to play. We are a veteran roster, you gave us a week, we rebounded, guess what, we're back. Number six comes in at Florida. Why is this surprising? Because Florida at number six, the reason they're there is because they beat Georgia, who was ranked number five in the greatest cocktail party in America, which is played every year in Duval. Good for them. But here's the thing. When A&M gets a big monumental win, a domination program win, you can, you can put up over 500 points because here's the deal. So did A&M. You can put up over 40 points. Here's the deal. So did A&M. And you lost to A&M. So because of that, you're in sixth. 
Cincinnati comes in at number seven after getting a win over the University of Houston. BYU moves up to number eight after getting a win over Boise State. Miami moves back into the top 10 after getting a win this weekend in Indiana at 3-0. Go Hoosiers. I'm always going to say that because my dad is an Indiana alum. Rounds out the top 10. Other teams to look at, Oregon at number 11, Georgia at number 12, Wisconsin at number 13, Oklahoma State at 14. Coastal Carolina jumps into the top 15 for the first time in school history after making the jump from the FCS level to the FBS level. Marshall comes in at 16, Iowa State at 17, Oklahoma at 18, SMU at 19, USC at 20, Texas at 21. The Liberty Eagles, Liberty, good for you, jumps in at number 22, Northwestern 23, uh, Auburn at 24, and Louisiana at 25. North Carolina, Army, Tulsa, Utah, Washington, Arizona State, Purdue, Wake Forest, Boise State, Appalachian State, California, Maryland, and Nevada all also received votes. Here's why AM is in a prime spot right now. And I can break this down really easily. If Alabama wins out, they will go to the uh, SEC championship game. More than likely, if they win that game, they also will immediately go to the college football playoff as the number one seed. If we do it that way. Number two is Notre Dame. Well, here's the big deal about Notre Dame being at number two. Notre Dame can win out the rest of the year. They would be undefeated. But if they go undefeated at the end of the year, because of the new scheduling that we're seeing in some of these conference games, unlike the SEC, it's not the coastal in the Eastern region. It's the top two teams in the ACC. So that would mean a rematch between Clemson and Notre Dame. Why is this significant? Because if Clemson beats Notre Dame, and Notre Dame still has these struggle games against the Louisvilles, against the Wake Forests, against the North Carolinas, against any one of these teams, you can make a valid argument that because of the domination we've seen from Clemson's side of the football, they will actually get in. And they will move up to number two. Ohio State, they stand defeated. More than likely, they're going to play against Indiana who's going to have a great game, and that could be a rematch of something that we see later on. But Indiana's had a great game. So if Indiana wins, okay, knocks Ohio State out. Does that knock Indiana in? Or do we consider a team like Cincinnati or BYU, who is playing lesser opponents, but still playing quality football? Do we move them up? Doesn't matter. Because sitting at number five are the Aggies. And no matter what, this plays in A&M's favor. Alabama loses to Florida, you have to at least consider Florida. Notre Dame beats Clemson, Notre Dame's in. Ohio State loses to Indiana, but Indiana stays at at 8, stays at 10. Well, Florida has to go in. Does Alabama have to go in? Does, and if that's the case, that's fine. But what about three SEC teams? Alabama's 9-1. Texas A&M's 9-1. Florida's 10-1. And And each one of them have lost to one another. So I look at all this and I go, okay, A&M is in a very good spot. And people sometimes don't realize how essential it is to be where A&M is sitting. Because back when Alabama won the national title with Tua Tungabailoa coming in in the second half. There were two SEC teams in there. Going into the week, 
Alabama was ranked number five. And because Georgia beat the likes of Auburn in Atlanta, Auburn was knocked out. Alabama moved up one spot. They got the four seed. A&M is in a very good spot right now. Because they, all they have to do is continue to win games. They beat Tennessee. They're going to stay at five. They beat Ole Miss. They're going to stay at five. They beat Auburn and LSU. Maybe they move up to the top four. But at worst, they're going to stay at five. Which also means they're going to stay ahead of Florida. They're going to stay ahead of Cincinnati. They're going to stay ahead of BYU. They're going to stay ahead of Miami, who's going to be fighting for the ACC title. They're going to be staying ahead of Indiana. They're going to be staying ahead of everybody. To when the season comes to an end this upcoming year, they're going to be in a prime spot to watch one of these top four teams fall out. And they're going to be in number four. If the season goes the way it has to right now, A&M is going to be at number four this year. Top three players. I mention it every single week. Who are the top three stars of Saturday's game? Let's go break it down in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson in the driver's seat. Talking about things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure you listen every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day. Every single day is a Locked On podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Top three stars of the game. Let's start it off. Number three, Leon O'Neal. Another good game for Leon O'Neal. I look back at what he's done this season, and I don't think he gets a lot of credit. Maybe it's because of what was going on in the offseason where people thought he was going to transfer. He was just going to be done with football. There was a lot of different things you could have said. But Leon O'Neal had a fantastic game. He finished with six total, uh, five total tackles. He finished with an interception. And he played very well in coverage. I want to go with him or Keldrick Harper, but I look at how Keldrick's played as that third roaming safety. I look at how you've looked at O'Neal play this past year. He's having a great year. He's doing everything right. He continues to make plays when asked upon him. You cannot deny... That there's talent there, give it up for him. You gotta understand that he's done a fantastic job. Number two, Devon Shane. Listen, I've been saying this for a hot minute. Put this kid in your backfield and let him just do work. Let him have his moment to shine. He did. Two catches, long of 52 for a touchdown. 70 total yards on the day. Running the ball, average five point yards per carry 14 yard touchdown run in the third quarter finished 65 total yards on the day the last two games he scored three touchdowns you find elements that make your offense look better and that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher is doing he's adding in a player that makes this offense look better Devon Shane, if he continues to play the way that he has is going to be a name to reckon with. If he already isn't. Because if you already know when he gets touches, good luck. Basically, that's all you have to say with that one. Finally, number one. Has to be. He set a record. Kellen Mann. Another good game. Another non-turnover game. 
Four touchdowns. Five total touchdowns. 34 yards on the ground, 224 through the air, average uh, 8.6 yards per play. Zero turnovers, another high of Q, uh, another high QBR. His uh, completion rating was a little bit down this week, but not by much. Just another good game. If this is the Kellen Mond that we see play against Alabama, this game goes down to the wire. This is the Kellen Mond we see play against Vanderbilt. This is an A&M team that wins by 30. Maybe it really was just him losing all of his essential weapons. Maybe it was just him struggling to find a connection with somebody else. But this Kellen Mond, this version of him, is the version that people need to see. Because when he plays like this, there's something special to be said about him. Something very special to be said about him. Before we close the show today, um, I want to just bring up a conversation. I, I, I don't really dive that much into my personal life. And part of the reasoning is because if I just like being private. I, I like people knowing me as who I am as a person and knowing me who I am as, you know, this guy on radio, this guy on TV, this guy who kind of goes out of his way to make people happy. But there was a few moments in my life where I've really been down low. And one of the biggest ones was when I officially left college. Uh, I was freelancing, doing work, and then I got told I couldn't freelance anymore. I had to find a job that would keep me in Houston. They would not pay for me to travel. They would not pay for me to do anything. So I started looking. And anyone who has ever worked in the journalistic business or worked around sports or worked in broadcasting knows you really don't know when your next job's coming. So I would go on interviews day in and day out in Houston. I would send in audio tapes and I would send in, you know, tracks. I'd send in, you know, B, a B-roll of me. And I'd let people know what I could do. And a lot of the times I wouldn't hear back. So I got sad living in my apartment while all my friends and roommates were at work. And I'd come home during the middle of the day and we didn't have anything other than basic cable. So I spent a lot of time watching basic cable throughout the afternoons. And with it, I became a huge Jeopardy fan. And Alex Trebek really did a massive part in helping me feel better about myself. Much like the contestants on Jeopardy, you want to get the answer right. And when you do, you feel accomplished. And the thing about Alex Trebek that he always did was he made me feel like I was accomplished, even when I was having my lowest moments. There were many moments I wanted to quit and just go take a nice job at Starbucks, which unfortunately I did have to do. But I knew when I came home from working that 4 a.m. shift, I had something to look forward to while freelancing for other companies on the side for pennies on the dollar. When I say Alex Trebek was one of my heroes, I truly mean that. He was there for me in a moment that I did not think I was going to come back out of. And for that, I will always be thankful for the time that I wasn't working. 
because I got to spend my afternoons and my evenings with a guy who I have now come to respect more than I ever thought I would. Losing Alex Trebek this past week really has affected me personally. Um, I'm not sure how it does for you, but this was someone who I very much admired, someone who I very much looked up to, and I will miss a great deal. For 1,000 points, he will be greatly missed by America, by Canada, as one of the most thoughtful, well-rounded, personable game show hosts of all time. Who is Alex Trebek? That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify tomorrow. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for Jimbo Fisher's press conference. How do you prepare for the likes of the Tennessee Volunteers? Maybe the most, I have no idea even how to put them into words right now, team in the SEC this year. We will talk to you soon. See you tomorrow. And remember, Jacob y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.